Father, there are those who think they can stand on their own strength. It's just not true. Lord, the only power in which we can stand at all is in the power of your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you for his life. We thank you for his ministry, the words that he left us with, the teaching that he gave. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit living in our hearts. And Father, we pray that as we continue this morning before you, that we would understand that the only strength we have for anything to draw our next breath is from you. We thank you. We praise you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. So our little... Our little uh, table here is growing. We have a lock on it, which will become clear shortly, a little padlock. So uh, when I was at nine years old, a neighborhood boy came up to me and he showed me this really cool cap gun. I didn't even know if you can buy these things anymore. It wasn't the paper tape with the caps. It was a plastic round like a revolver. It was completely uh, amazing uh, to me, very cool. Where did you get that? I asked him. He said, I stole it. I stole it from the corner store. I said, you stole it? He said, yep, walked in, and while the clerk wasn't looking, put it under my shirt and left. <laughs> wow, I tell you what, there's nothing more attractive than free stuff. Really? Seriously, that's true, it's not. And so... Uh, you know, all you have to do is take it. So I thought that was a good idea. So I, off I went to the store to get some goodies. Now, as a child, I thought I was being sneaky. Uh, but I was all a 5'3", weighed about 60 pounds, and the T-shirt I was wearing was, was, was too small six months earlier. Uh, so I tried to find a cap gun. I couldn't. So I, I saw this little package of rubber snakes, and I thought, that'll do. So I looked around all, you know, and, and, uh, and I slipped them under my T-shirt. <laughs> no one's going no to notice that. I was this wide. I mean, you know, so it was like, uh, okay. So anyway, keeping my eye on the clerk and my back to him, you know, I had some little sense about me. Uh, I crept towards the door, and as I opened the door, uh, he said, Where are you going, boy? <laughs> Turn around and come back in here. <laughs> I said, whoa. I slowly turned around. He said, what's that under your shirt? What, is it, what does any kid answer? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? He said, get over here, boy. I know your papa, and you're going to get a whooping. And I said, uh, yeah. Well, I didn't say anything at that point. But I knew it was true. He wasn't lying about that. In fact, I did. It was brutal. If CPS had been around in those days, I'd have been gone in the New York second. But it was my uh, papa. He was a Houston police detective. Um, however, I'd venture to say that that was the only good thing he ever taught me. That man was mean. He was bad to the bone. I'll tell you that as honest truth. But his actions that day may have, uh, well, have kept me from going to prison later. You'd be amazed how young you are when you make those big choices. That's true. Stealing. Exodus 20, 15, uh, you can read it on your bulletin or you can look it up either way. 
you shall not steal. I imagine that all of you, if you reached in your pocket, would have some of these, or your purse. I, I, I think that you probably would. And at the heart of the matter, what these things do is they, they open stuff. Right? If you don't have the right key, how often has someone come in, hey, uh, do you have a key to such and such a room? Do you have a key for this? Do you have a, a, a key uh, for that? I mean, it opens locks. And whether it's a door or a, a treasure chest or metaphorically someone's heart, you know, you, you see the people, they have the little necklace, they've got the little key on there. Well, what do you think that means? I mean, you know, somebody holds the key to somebody's heart or I hold it or something along those lines. They symbolize going into worlds that are otherwise unknown and or uh, private or precious. I mean, think about you have to have two locks to get into a safe deposit box. You know, two keys, right? Uh, by the way, our nuclear codes are the same way. <laughs> So if you've ever worried about that, that one person can push the button, not true. Never has been true, would, would never work. But they symbolize the ability to open things up, freedom, and uh, also to lock precious things away. The uh, ancient Greeks saw keys as symbols of knowledge, authority, uh, love, possibility. In fact, you can get key man insurance or key person insurance. And, and keys make you feel important. You know, when you go into a new job when I was in the military, I'd have to give all my keys away. So I'd only have like a car and a house key. Before long, it filled up. And then when I was leaving, I had to give them all back. So, you know, your importance was based on the size of keys that you wore on your, on your belt. I remember when I got my first car keys. I, I, I imagine some of you remember that too. 57 uh, Chevy. It was feeling good. But I tell you what, I'll tell you what I actually think of these. I think these are the most potent symbol that we are absolutely, totally, and completely corrupted by the fall. I believe that this is something that is actually speaks to our sinful nature more than anything else that we have. I mean, right, if we were all good, we wouldn't need keys, we wouldn't need codes, we wouldn't need ciphers, we wouldn't need to hide things. Life would be so much simpler. In living memory here, I'll guarantee you, uh, in living memory here, there are people who not once locked their house or their car. And you know what, maybe looking back now, they say, oh, that was, oh, man, we're, we're lucky as how foolish. I look back and I say, how blessed. Because the vast majority of people actually held to the same value. You shall not steal. That is not true any longer. And of course, people have always stolen. Of course, I'm not uh, looking through any kind of rose-colored uh, glasses. But how cool would it be to get rid of these? How cool. You could just leave your car out there. Push a button, go, not worry about anybody taking it. Did you know that theft, stealing, is the most common crime in the U.S., probably in the world? I mean, most people in the U.S. Uh, in jail today are there because they 
stole something. I mean, none of us uh, need to think too hard to remember all the, the theft that went on this, this past year. It was awful. And it can't be justified. It can be made understandable, perhaps, but it can't be justified. All known societies, all known... Did you know this? All known societies. There may be one out there that we don't know about, but my guess is, is if it did exist, it no longer exists because... This is so fundamental to society. You can't take other people's stuff. You just can't do it. All known societies have laws or prohibitions, restrictions or whatever against stealing. You cannot have a free society. In fact, I would maintain you can't have even a... uh, constrained or totalitarian or any other kind of society that allows theft and stealing. Some of our states are learning that the hard way. Ideology makes you be stupid. I'll just say that from the pulpit. While what is considered theft may in fact differ from culture to culture, no culture says, yeah, it's okay. So why is that? And why is it so common? Well, my nine-year-old self can answer that question. I want something for nothing. I mean, it's that—it's really that simple. I want something. I don't want to have to pay for it. But the truth is, is even if we had to come up with our own morals and values, they were not given to us by society. We did not have 2,000 years of Christian history or a lot more than that of the Judeo-Christian heritage, we would still come up with, you shall not steal. And the reason for that is we like our stuff. <laughs> we want to keep our stuff. <laughs> we don't want other people to take our stuff. We put cameras on our stuff. We pay people to watch our stuff. Why? Because our stuff is ours. My stuff is mine. Your stuff is yours. And somebody might want to take our stuff. It's pretty much that simple. And that's what happens. You know U.S. businesses lose $50 billion a year to shoplifting and theft. $50 billion a year. And do you know who pays for that? We do. I mean, Walmart alone, Walmart alone loses $3 billion a year. Three, that's a B. Three, I mean, I know today, you know, you, you listen to what our, our government has been doing for the last, you know, a few decades, and you just go, okay, a billion here, a billion there, it's nothing. That's a lot of money. A billion dollars is a lot of money. $3 billion for one company, and 33% of what you pay for for any product in the store is 33% higher because they got to pay for people stealing stuff. That's, that's true. I mean, listen to this. According to the Food Marketing Institute in Washington, D.C., the annual cost for the theft of shopping carts, $800 million a year. 800 million bucks, people stealing shopping carts. And then they spend, we don't even know how much money they spend on 
you know, collecting and gathering and, and, and being able to maintain shopping carts just to keep the shopping carts safe, you know, from electronic things. You know, who knows, maybe one day it just won't roll once you get past a certain area, you know, or maybe it'll give you electric shock like the, the dog collars or something. But who pays for that? You do and I do. But, you know, those are pretty obvious. I mean, me stealing the snakes and people stealing uh, shoplifting and all that, those are, those are pretty obvious, but uh, that's not the only theft that takes place. You know deception is theft? Do you know the root word for deception? Do you know what it means? It means to take. <laughs> it means to take, take hold of something. Isn't that interesting? Deception means to take hold of something. And so when somebody's deceived, what is being taken hold of? Their mind or their heart. Somebody deceives someone in order to get something from them that does not belong to them. You know, when I was uh, growing up, uh, Elton John was absolutely my favorite artist. Uh, for a long time, one of his songs, Tiny Dancer, was, was my favorite song. And the lyrics go, uh, they begin, I'm not going to give you all the lyrics, but Begins, blue jean baby, L.A. lady, seamstress for the band, pretty-eyed, pirate smile, you'll marry a music man. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Elton John, Elton John didn't write those lyrics. In fact, I'm not sure that he wrote hardly any lyrics. He wrote the melodies. He wrote the music. Tremendous genius in that area. It was his friend Bernie Taupin who wrote the lyrics. And those lyrics reflect his first trip to America. And so he was writing about American women in general. He was amazed uh, by uh, American women as opposed to uh, the, the English women that he had grown up with. And that was his description. Later, he dedicated those lyrics to his wife, who he felt embodied the, those lyrics. But in there, it says, pirate smile. We all get pretty-eyed. That's not uh, too, too far to, uh, to stretch. But what is a pirate smile? Well, essentially, a pirate smile is this. It is a smile that will steal your heart away. But it's also one that's dishonest. Because the stealing is done for the sake of the stealing not because they care one whit about you. Alienation of affections could easily be renamed heart theft. Human trafficking. We're in one of the major hubs for that in the United States. How, how desperately wicked human trafficking is. The stealing of people. And worse... I mean, and what is murder but the theft of life? What is lying but the theft of truth? This commandment surrounds us in every way, in every moment of our life, wherever we turn. What would it look like? What would our world look like if everybody obeyed this one commandment? It's, it's truly amazing. One day we'll know. But sadly, that's not this day. Why? Because Satan is alive and well, and we are totally 
stained by the fall. Satan is the thief. He's the thief. You know, he's a liar and he's a thief. He comes to kill, to steal, to destroy. But God is not a thief. God is a giver. He is a giver of good gifts. You know, Satan started theft right there in the Garden of Eden. He did. Yeah, it started that earlier. Number one, he deceived He deceived Eve. He laid a hold wrongfully of her mind and her heart. And then what happened was then Eve stole the fruit. I mean, that was the only thing prohibited. Don't take that. And yet, that right there, boom, took it and then gave it to... Adam, Satan deceived, Eve stole, and it's just been a difficulty ever since. I mean, think about, um, you know, those of you who are going through the readings and everything, think about Achan, think about Ananias, and think about Sapphira and other incidents where people steal, and God does not want us to be reflective of Satan. He wants us to be reflective of him. And he is a, a giver. Let's look at this commandment uh, a little closer. Because I want to get down to why it's wrong. It, it's not wrong simply because it causes us an inconvenience. It's wrong at a very fundamental level. The, the commandment, uh, it all begins revolving around property. Property and ownership. I mean, in a socialist or a communist system, uh, the state owns the property. I mean, that's one of the distinctive marks of uh, that system of government. Marxist systems do not believe in private property because what happens is is that the income from that property, the wealth that that property generates, goes to the individual in a capitalist system and they believe that that wealth should not go to an individual but should rather go and be redistributed to the population. Now in a capitalist system, the individual owns that property, the wealth of that property comes to the individual and they absolutely reject any notion that the state has any claim on their income. Although, uh, as we approach April, we all see that there is some uh, claim there. But when it comes to property and ownership in the Bible, I hope that you neither said, yes, uh, Marxism is good, or yes, capitalism is good, or perhaps I should say it differently, biblical. Biblically speaking, the Bible tells us that as it relates to ownership and property, it's stewardship. Stewardship. I hope that in the next few minutes, if you didn't know it before, you don't, biblically speaking, you don't own anything. I mean, we say, uh, my house or our house, our children or our car or our property or whatever, that's a failure to understand, biblically speaking, what it's all about. What we have is stewardship. God is the owner, 
I am the steward. We are caretakers. Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So the Bible begins with this. And this is where we begin. This, a lot of, some of the stuff is background so that you'll see what the true sin is here. And that is that the Bible begins with the notion that theft is primarily uh, is wrong primarily because God owns everything and we are accountable to Him for how we steward His ownership. So because God owns everything, we can categorically say that when somebody steals something, they have first sinned against God because He is the owner. And second, sinned against the steward because we are the ones watching over this. Do you know, uh, And uh, if you go through a, a, a study as to what God hates, you know, there are things God says, don't do this, don't do that, or do this, or, or, or do that. But there's also things in the Bible where he says, I hate this. Did you know that in Isaiah 61, it says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery. I hate theft. It tells you what God thinks about it. J.I. Packer wrote, It is not God's will for us to have anything that we cannot obtain by honorable means. That's why, uh, that's why God wants us... Have you ever wondered... Why God asks us to give. Why does God ask us to give? And then he says, not just give, but give, in the Greek word, it's a great word, it's give hilariously. I mean, just to give. Why does he want us to do that? It's because when we give, we are reflecting the very character of God because God is a giver. Satan is a taker, and he'll take anything. He'll take your joy. He will steal your joy. He will steal your clean and clear conscience. He will steal whatever he can because he is a thief. It's what he is. I mean, sadly, we're so corrupted by the fall that the thrill of sin becomes a reward for sinning. And we like it. We think we can get away with it. Some people do. Some people get away with it for many, many years. Some people get away with it for a lifetime. But no one outruns the perfect lawgiver, period. There are other ways that theft occurs. Titus, 9, uh, Titus 2, 9 and 10 tells us this. Teach slaves to be subject to their masters and everything, to try to please them, not to take... Uh, talk back to them, not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about uh, our God and our Savior attractive. So what we have here in modern terms is the embezzling of funds, the padding of expense accounts, wrongly, wrongfully taking uh, uh, stuff, I remember I felt a twinge of, of guilt. I probably didn't take anything, because I'm not going to sit here and say I've never stolen anything based on the way I'm talking about stealing, because <laughs> I have. Uh, 
But it was probably 20 years before I did, after I got whooped. Uh, and that was a, 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 a government pen, a little writing pen. I wouldn't, take, I wouldn't even take money from people. I just I said, no, I don't want nothing from anybody, period. I'm certainly not going to take anything. But when I took that pen, I thought, ooh, wow, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to get in, in trouble here. I didn't, thankfully. But anyway, no, stealing is something that, and I'm not going to take it down to that level because that will make us all crazy, right? But embezzling, yeah, that's, that's not good. Not, uh, not right. But how do we do it today? Primarily, how, how's it done today? And we don't even think of it this way. We think of it as, well, that's my right. Uh, that's, that's, that's a right. That's a human right. I can have a sick day, even if I'm not sick. I can do that. Why can't I do that? It says right here, I can have however many sick days that I can have. Well, a sick day is, is for if you're sick. You know, and yet people do that. And as Christians, we should give an honest day's work for a day's wage. Otherwise, it's theft, whether we like to look at it that way or not. And it works the other way, too. Jeremiah twenty-two thirteen says, Woe to him who builds his palace by unrighteousness, his upper rooms by injustice, making his countrymen work for nothing, not paying them for their labor. And James actually condemns this where it works both ways. The employer is to pay a just wage for the work that they're having done. Employers can steal and do from their employees. And so you have this combination that goes on. Can you imagine if it was all just honest? What a wonderful thing that would be. The bottom line is don't steal don't just don't do it instead the bible wants us to work so that we might be able to give to others many of you've heard of uh, maslow's hierarchy of needs it's a if you haven't just very briefly it's a theory that states that you can't have certain types of experiences in your life until you have others. So, for example, you cannot feel safe, you cannot feel secure until you have food, water, and shelter, and clothing. In other words, you can't feel, you can't feel those things until you have these things. And then, you cannot feel intimacy with your friends or your family until you feel safe and secure. So if a person is wrestling with feeling safe, you can't talk to them about having intimacy with someone else because they can't. It just doesn't work that way. You have to have the one before the other. And then when you get to the really high levels of uh, spiritual health and that kind of thing, you have to have all of those things under, underneath it. And the problem with theft is it attacks the very bottom of that pyramid. It, 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 have you ever had somebody, maybe I, no, maybe a yeah, maybe no, yeah. Anyone ever stole from you? If you want to, raise your hand. You ever been stolen from? Yeah. 
I told you a story before how last year, this past year, Barbara and I were traveling through Bakersfield, California. We stopped for the evening at a, at a nice hotel. We woke up, we had discovered somebody had broken into our truck, stole our computer, our camera equipment, our green screen, irreplaceable photo shoot with our daughter, and not to mention the several hundreds of dollars that we had to pay to get the truck fixed with the shattered windows and so forth. When I called the police, the person told me, yeah, yeah, we don't respond to those kind of calls. <laughs> Say what? Well, then I'd like to file a report. Yeah, well, we don't, we don't take reports over the phone. Uh, but we do have an app for that. And uh, man alive, okay. So at least in this place, uh, the police didn't consider, or maybe the police did, maybe their hands are tied, who knows. But at a functional level, at a practical level, they didn't consider it a significant crime, so why should the criminal consider it? that way well I submit to you they should because God has something to say about it stealing impacts the imago day and now we're getting down to the real the real layer 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 but this is the real thing we are stewards of God's creation what we have he gave into our care and that's why it hurts so much when somebody steals from you God made us to be good stewards. I mean, a good steward is going to be one who takes care of that which is entrusted of him. John 10 says, uh, tells us about the hireling. When the wolf shows up, boom, he goes. But a steward does not go. Like David, he kills the lion, he kills the bear. Or maybe he's killed. But he does not lightly allow the things the Lord has given into his care to uh, fall away. And in the church, I mean, it's theft when we don't practice our God-given gifts. We rob the body when leaders do not lead, when teachers do not teach, when encouragers do not encourage, we are bereft of their God-given graces. What's the first thing you feel when someone, those of you have been stolen from, what's the first thing you feel? It's not, uh, oh... That thing's lost to me now. I'll never get it back. It costs too much money to buy another one. I can't afford it. No, that's not what you feel. Not in the human race. I'll tell you what you feel if you're honest with yourself. You're far more primal. Somebody got past my protections. Somebody got past my locks. And if they can get to my stuff, they can get to me. You feel violated. The first thing that you feel is fear. The first thing that you feel is that your personal safety and security have been, depending on the theft, depending on what happened, taken away, perhaps for a long time. It's a sick feeling. You're exposed. You're powerless. And God gave us the Eighth Commandment so that we could feel safe. Now, how do you come from thou shalt not steal, you don't steal, to feeling safe? That's the journey, and that's why he, he doesn't allow us to feel safe so that we can accumulate more stuff. 
That's not what it's for. And that is what God did for us. That's how He is. He does not steal. He does not take. He gives. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to do the work of salvation that we could not do for ourselves. I mean, we said that people steal because they want something for nothing. Well, there is one way to get something for nothing. That is, it costs you nothing. It costs the Lord everything. That's when you receive a gift. In this case, with Christ, it cost him his life. But unlike business, Christ does not pass the cost on to you. It's free. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Salvation is a free gift from God. You cannot work for it. You cannot steal it, but guess what? This is the exciting part. It cannot be stolen from you. It's yours. You didn't deserve it, but God gave it to you. It's a free gift when you put your faith and trust in His Son, Jesus Christ, who died for you. Will you trust Him today, whether for salvation or for living your life? Father, we thank You that You have given us this commandment, which stands almost uniquely alone. I could... I could argue that the first and the eighth commandment covers all the others. But you gave ten. We absolutely honor that. But Lord, with this one, help us to understand that the real theft, by withholding our our gifts, our talents, our resources, by literally taking. Um, That sin is against you. You own everything. And we are stewards. We thank you, Father, that you gave your Son who gives us life if we believe. And we praise you through Christ our Lord. Amen.